Hi, I'm Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today, I want to talk about overcoming the excuses that hinder us from a thriving relationship with Christ. We hit on this at this year's 2022 Set Apart Conference, and it was such a convicting message for me to deliver because the enemy is constantly throwing excuses our way that sound very believable and very justifiable. And yet, if we listen to those excuses and justify them and allow them into our lives, it puts a barrier between us and Jesus Christ. Before we dive in, I wanted to remind you that there are still a few weeks left to register for either a week-long or a five-week training program at Ellerslie here in Colorado, which is our discipleship training program. It's really a life-changing experience to take a season of your life, whether it's for a week or for five weeks, and come away from daily distractions and sit at Jesus' feet and grow deeper in your faith. We would love to see you at Ellerslie this year and invest into your spiritual life. Both of our programs are week-long and our five-week program are filling up very quickly. So if you're thinking about joining us this summer, go to ellerslie.com and click on overview of programs or the week-long intensive tab or the five-week classic tab, and you can learn all about those programs, or you can just click the links in this podcast description. We'd love to see you and meet you in person. So let's talk about overcoming excuses. It says in Revelation 3.21, these are Jesus' words to the lukewarm church. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. And that phrase, to dine with him, is talking about intimate fellowship between dear friends, that place of abiding, that place of intimacy with Jesus Christ. And he is inviting us into that type of intimacy in this verse. But in order to enter into that kind of fellowship with him, we have to be an overcomer. And that means to conquer everything that stands in the way of that abiding life with him. As I've studied Christian history, there are some really amazing stories that stand out to me specifically in the area of overcoming. I remember reading a story in Corey Ten Boom's book, Tramp for the Lord, about a woman who was in a persecuted country, I think it was an Eastern European country, where it was illegal to have Bibles or Christian literature get into the country. And This woman was elderly. She was in a very tiny little apartment. She lived with her elderly husband and her body was wasting away from MS. Back in that time, they didn't have medications. And so she just became more and more crippled and more and more helpless. But she had one finger that could still type. And every single day she would wake up and she spent the whole day typing with that one finger, very painstaking, tedious process, translating the Bible and translating Christian books. And then those books would be used to smuggle into her country. Now, the authorities never thought to check up on this woman because in their perspective, she was not someone who could actually be a threat. And yet she was so determined to overcome the things that were holding her back that she became a powerful tool for proclaiming the gospel in a closed country. Another story I heard was from Otto Koning. He's the one that tells the pineapple story. You may have seen his videos or heard his stories. He told the story once about a missionary in Africa who was extremely crippled. And this man really wanted to go across the ranges to reach these unreached tribes. And all of his fellow Christians said, you know, let somebody else go. It's a very dangerous journey and you can't even walk. This man had to just scoot himself along on the ground a few inches at a time. That's how crippled he was. But he left in the middle 
middle of the night and he went across these mountain ranges and he barely survived the journey. He just ate berries and whatever he could find along the way. And he just sort of crawled along basically a few inches at a time. The fact that he survived this journey was truly astounding. But when he reached the other side of the ranges, he found this unreached tribe that actually listened to him because in their tribal history, they honored crippled people. Somehow something had happened in their past where a crippled man had saved the entire tribe. So now they believed that crippled people were to be listened to and respected. So it opened the door for this man to share the gospel in a way that somebody else who wasn't crippled would not be able to share it. And again, that spirit of just being such an overcomer to say, I am supposed to get to those people. Nothing is going to keep me from from sharing the gospel with the unreached. What amazing examples to us when it comes to our relationship with Jesus Christ. Do we have that same determination that says nothing is going to keep me from God's purposes? I've sometimes mentioned the story in scripture, which really stands out to me in the sense of being an overcomer. It's the men who wanted to get their paralyzed friend to Jesus, and yet they had a lot of obstacles in their way. They had a house. They had a crowd. They could not get to the feet of Jesus, and that's where most of us would probably just say, well, at least I tried. You know, we got this far, but we can't get all the way to Jesus' feet and turn around and leave, but these men were so determined. They were such overcomers. They they got creative. They went up on the roof and they took the tiles off the roof and they lowered their friend down to the very feet of Jesus. And that is what it means to be an overcomer when it comes to our relationship with Christ. Nothing is going to keep me from getting to Jesus' feet, not busyness or distraction or health issues or any other situation in my life. Nothing is going to keep me from getting to the feet of Jesus. It means to break through all hindrances and barriers and obstacles that might be standing in our way to get to his feet. The enemy will do whatever he can to pull us away from that abiding intimate life with Christ. But God has equipped us with all the spiritual tools that we need to overcome every obstacle the enemy puts in our way, if we are prepared to use them. Being an overcomer means breaking through those enemy barriers and having this attitude that says, this is not going to stand in my way. God has a purpose and he will give me the grace to fulfill that purpose for my life. I have often had to remind myself to have the same determination by God's enabling grace that those men had in getting their friend to Jesus. Otherwise, I will quickly lose that place of abiding with him and making him my highest priority. I want to look at some of the most important ways that we need to become overcomers in order to have a thriving relationship with Jesus Christ and practical ways that we can gain that same overcoming attitude that we see in these examples that we've just talked about. Oswald Chambers said this, there is no condition of life in which we cannot abide in Jesus. Isn't that incredibly true? Even if we are bedridden, even if we can't move, we're in a prison cell, we are very limited physically. There is no condition of life in which we cannot abide in Jesus. That statement is biblical and true, but the enemy doesn't want us to believe it. He is a master of excuses. 
If you are a mother of young children, he will often tell you you're too tired, you're too busy to cultivate your relationship with Christ. If you're battling with a health issue, he'll tell you you don't have the mental or physical strength to pursue a deeper relationship with Jesus. And that's something that really stands out when I think about the the woman with MS or the crippled man going across the ranges because the enemy, I'm sure, was whispering things in their ear saying, well, you don't have the strength to do this. And yet they said, nothing's going to keep me from fulfilling the purpose, the call of God on my life. Or if you're under stress and pressure, he'll tell you that you should wait until things calm down before you go after more of Jesus. And one thing I found in my life when I listen to that excuse is things never actually really do calm down. Because if the enemy can get you from Jesus to keep you from Jesus when he is throwing stress and pressure at you and you listen to that excuse, he'll just continue to throw those things at you until you finally say, even this is not going to keep me from getting to Jesus. Or maybe if you're in a difficult relationship situation, the enemy will tell you you're too emotionally weighed down and preoccupied to draw near to Jesus Christ. And the list goes on. And you've probably heard some of these excuses or others like them. The excuses the enemy throws at us sound reasonable and even wise. If you think about Eve in the garden, the enemy was sidling up to her and whispering these lies and these excuses in her ear, but they seemed so logical and reasonable and wise. But we have to remember that if we are not abiding in Jesus, if we're not connected to the vine, we will wither up spiritually. It doesn't matter how great those excuses sound. If we are not making Jesus Christ our highest priority, we are going to wither up and die spiritually. Jesus told the story in Luke 8, 12 through 14 about the parable of the sower and the seed. He said, there are those who have seed sown on rocky ground. And when they hear, they receive the word with joy, but they have no root. They believe for a time, but then in a time of temptation, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. So we see in this verse so many things that can pull us away from that abiding life, that rich, fruitful life that God has called us to. And in this verse, when it says to bring no fruit to maturity, that condition comes from a branch that has been disconnected from the vine. And the verse says that it's often temptation and cares, which are like worries and stresses or riches, the pursuit of comfort and material things or the pleasures of this life. Often the enemy will bring those things to us to seek to pull us away from Christ. We are called to live spiritually thriving and fruitful lives. Jesus says in John 15, 8, by this is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. And we can only bear much fruit when we overcome the excuses that hinder us from him, from abiding in him. I've often revisited that parable that Jesus told about the man who prepared the banquet feast. Everyone who was invited to this feast came up with an excuse for why he couldn't attend. It says in Matthew 22, with one accord, they all began to make excuses, saying, I cannot come. I ask you to have me excused. And they all had different reasons for why they were being asked to be excused. And to them, those reasons sounded perfectly right and reasonable and justified. 
And how often do we say that when it comes to going to Jesus' banquet table every single day? Every day, he's prepared a spiritual banquet for us. He's ready to offer us every bit of wisdom and joy and peace and perspective and courage and comfort and love that we could ever need. He's ready to fill us with all that he is. But how often do we say, I have something more important to do. Have me excused. This is a spiritually devastating attitude to allow into our lives. It's what Martha did. She may have gotten the job done. She may have done things that seemed good on the outside, but she was doing it in her own strength without going to the true source of life. And you can see in the story how she begins to spiritually wither. Suddenly she's marked by anger and frustration, maybe pride and stress. And that's what happens to us when we allow the enemy to pull us away from abiding in Jesus with all of those excuses. We need to overcome those excuses by the grace of God. So let's get practical on what it means to overcome those common excuses that pull us away from a thriving relationship with Christ. I encourage you to look prayerfully at your daily life. Are there excuses that are keeping you from his banquet table? Busyness, distraction, tiredness, personal pursuits, even good things can keep us from that banquet table when they consume too much of our focus. Ask Jesus Christ for the grace to overcome those excuses and to give you that spiritual determination that says nothing is going to keep me from getting to Jesus' feet today. It's true that we cannot do that in our own strength. We might have success for a day or two, but then we'll we'll fizzle, we'll fade. Those excuses will come in and pull us away. He can do it through us though. Only he can equip us to have that overcoming spirit to say nothing will keep me from getting to him. Instead of saying, I'm too busy to come to that banquet feast. Let's say instead the words of Song of Solomon 2.4, let him lead me to the banquet hall and let his banner over me be love. It is such a privilege to come and partake of all of the spiritual riches in Jesus that are available to us. And so often we live like paupers when we could be living as sons and daughters of the King of all kings. Now, does this mean that we have to have a three-hour prayer time every day consistently without fail in order to come to that banquet table every day and to abide in Christ? No. Often we are going to need to be creative in making time with him a priority. But I have found that there are really a lot of ways that I can run to him throughout the day, even during my busiest seasons. Here are some practical suggestions that have really helped me. First, I've learned how to talk to Jesus in my daily pauses. So sitting at a traffic light or driving from one place to another or sitting in a waiting room, instead of just automatically scrolling my phone or just tuning things out and going brain dead, take those moments to purposely talk to him, to pray, to share with him cares that are on your heart or to praise him, to worship him. It is so amazing how many of those small moments add up to a daily communication that leads to a thriving relationship with Christ. Another thing that I've talked about before in this podcast that is so important is to limit your time on social media and things like mindless texting and other time wasters, things that maybe are not bad in themselves, but they can so easily get out of their place. Take a look at how much time those things are consuming in your life and if they're pulling you away from him or if they become excuses to keep you from going to his feet every day. Listen to audio scripture great sermons, and Christian audio biographies all throughout the day. This is a great way to immerse yourself in his truth and to sit at his feet and meditate on who he is. I found that memorizing really 
key and special and significant verses and then repeating them throughout the day whenever I have a moment's pause is absolutely critical. And this is also really important whenever the enemy hits you with lies. We talked in our last episode about overcoming lies. And so often if the enemy can't distract us from Christ with excuses, he'll distract us with lies. If we have key verses memorized, we can just hit the enemy right back with the truth, with the power of God's word. And no weapon formed against us can prosper when we stand on his truth. Also, you can take those key scriptures and print them out and put them in strategic places around your house, in your car, etc. And constantly look at them and be reminded of his truth. Be reminded of where your life source really comes from. And as Corey Ten Boom often said, schedule an appointment with the Lord and keep it, even if it means sacrifices in other areas. If you have to stay up later or get up earlier or run to him while your children are napping or have less social time or less downtime or less sleep time, that time at Jesus' feet is so much more valuable than any other thing we could give our time to. And I have found that when I make that my highest priority, everything else in my life works. As I've said many, many times, we can't have the attitude, I'm too busy to pray. We have to have the attitude, I'm too busy not to pray. And that is a complete game changer when it comes to overcoming excuses. You can also bookend your day with small nuggets of powerful truth. Those classic devotionals that are so rich and poignant with truth, like My Utmost for His Highest, or Daily Light, or Streams in the Desert, or Parables of the Cross. Those are some of my favorites. They've been around for decades, and they are so rich with truth that even just a few minutes with those devotionals can really draw me closer to Jesus Christ. When we're talking about overcoming excuses, we have to have that grit of soul that says this is the most important thing and it doesn't matter what excuses or what circumstances the enemy is going to throw at me, I know I can always find everything that I need at the feet of Jesus. At this year's conference, I talked about Darlene Dibler, who was an American missionary taken prisoner by the Japanese during the Second World War, and she was put into a solitary confinement cell on death row. And she had just learned that her husband had died. She was wasting away from disease, and she was being sentenced to be executed as an American spy, and she was being tortured on a regular basis. She had a lot of excuses in the natural to just sort of curl up in a ball and feel sorry for herself and nurse her wounds and try to survive. And yet she said that that prison cell became her sanctuary. Hour by hour, moment by moment, she ran to the feet of Jesus. She went to his banquet table and she said she wasn't fighting against those walls because it truly became a sanctuary of joy and peace and perspective. And God did so many miracles in that prison cell because she didn't allow excuses to keep her from him. Look at your life today. Is the enemy keeping you from Jesus by excuses that sound wise and sound reasonable, but they're standing in the way of you going to Jesus and gaining everything that you need for what he has called you to. By his grace, choose to overcome today and remember his amazing invitation. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. And that is an incredible invitation that is sitting there waiting for us at every moment of every day. How would we ever choose something over dining and fellowshipping and communing with the King of all kings? Let's not lose perspective of what an incredible privilege we have to sit at his feet. 
I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into what it means to build a Christ-centered life and draw closer to Jesus, please visit us at setapartgirl.com. We have articles and resources. We have an online mentoring program and a lot of things that can help cultivate a deeper relationship with Christ. I hope you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.